This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, whoa, 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 you never watched Terminator 2? Or, you seriously never saw The Abyss. Or, how have you not seen Sense and Sensibility? Welcome to How Have You Not Seen. I did, this is the third, we've been having technical issues. This is the third time we've recorded this. I did a really good sense and sensibility based bit. And I did it so well and so good. And it was so funny. But here's the thing about it is that it was ephemeral. It was like the wind and it's lost to history. Yes, it very much was a, uh, it very much was a yes and kind of moment. It was um, something that happens a lot when I do bits in this podcast where Caroline says, yes. And yes. yes, and as we all know, as we all know, a, a, a very important rule of play or of uh, sorry of improv is don't be a playwright. You're not a playwright. You gotta you gotta take comes in the moment. And that bit was three minutes ago. That moment is back. It's gone now. It's, it's gone now. You'll it's never. It's not surprising. It. It's not new. No, no. If I did it again, it would have been it would have been trite and stupid. Um, so if this is your first episode of this podcast, I'm sincerely sorry. I am Carson Betts, your co-host. And I'm the other co-host, Caroline Thompson. This is How Have You Not Seen. It's a movie podcast where every week one of us picks one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. And we watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. Uh, tis to be a, a, a beautiful occasion for all. Uh... So this is the beginning of something we love to do every year in February. We do Love Month. Yes. Uh, it is a month of programming that I arrange entirely in which I uh, subject Caroline to films about love and relationships. And that sounds like I'm, I'm opposed to it. No, no, she's very into it. But uh, uh, hearts that are broken and mended. Yes. Um, in, the way that is- I, in the way that I somewhat but still wouldn't go as far as that they subject you to halloween every year yes you know very similar it's, it's the but this is the barbie to halloween's oppenheimer one might say exactly exactly yes. um this is also i think kind of the unofficial end to a trilogy of me making caroline watch on lee movies on this podcast yeah i suppose ang lee is one of my favorite directors Yes. Um, so, and you're saying we're not going to do Taking Woodstock next season? We are never going to do Taking. Woodstock. I'll tell you. Here's my opinion of Taking Woodstock. I watched 20 minutes of Taking Woodstock, and then I said, "I get it." I said, "I think I, I think I get it. I don't think I need to watch anymore." I saw the trailer uh, when it was coming out, and I said, "Ooh, a indie comedy starring Dimitri Martin." And then everyone said, "Meh," and said, "I guess I will not be seeing that." And I never saw it. Uh, Ang Lee is not a, like a filmmaker known for his like, you know, autistic visual style or obsessions over certain, you know, visual motifs. Uh, but it is like wild how little identity is in that movie. Um, anyway, we're going to be talking about a really good Ang Lee movie, and that is Sense and Sensibility. Caroline, how have you not seen Sense and Sensibility? Um, that is a good question. I have no good answer. Because I know it's one of the last, like, truly great one of Lee's films that I have not seen. Um, and I don't know. I truly couldn't tell you. This uh, is one of those that it's, like, weird that you never were made to You were an English major in college. And I was. never made you watch this movie. Because we didn't watch, because we didn't watch films. We read the books. I read this book in college. Well, yes. I watched this movie for the first time in a college class. What class? I was doing post-secondary, like, college classes in high school for college credit at the local, like, branch of, fuck, I'll say it, I don't give a shit, Kent State University. Can't read, can't write, Kent State. I was going to You can't say can't read, can't write, Kent State. It's can't read, can't write, can't state. 
can't read, can't, whatever, doesn't matter. And I did post-secondary at Kent State Trumbull, which is a center full of very inspired and hopeful young educators that are starting their career there. And also the only place where I've seen not one, but two pregnant women smoking cigarettes. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Oh, Kent State Trumbull. Um, and I took, like, I my test score, this is, sounds like bragging, I swear to God, it is not. But my test scores were so high that they, and I took AP English for two years, like in normal high school. So they tested me out of the normal English class and they put me in a 300 level class that was 18th century British literature. And I sucked. I floundered. It was awful. I did so badly. Nice. But we got to watch Sense and Sensibility one day. So, you know, it was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. No, yeah, that's the thing is, I mean, to answer the question of how I've not seen this, this is like the exact blind spots that my degree would have been in because yeah. Sense and Sensibility is absolutely a novel that I read as part of my English. Um, and then as far as like my film studies went, it's like, it's so obviously a book you read as a part of an English degree. And so like, I don't want to say minor of a film, but it's just not a film that is going to be taught in any of the film studies class that we had classes that we had access to. And it was not really something we were ever going to like go into because we went to you know we went to the liberal arts college it was also high level sure. it was very like it was either like so specialized that it had been like like 30 film noir right or like you know like 70s new hollywood but there was not like a 90s great adaptations of class like it's just it's just like right in the in the the blind spots of my degree so if you asked me to teach a film stud like a 200 level film studies course at a community college. I would absolutely teach a like adaptations, like modern adaptations of British literature in the late nineties and early two thousands class. I would 100% love to do that. Well, sure. But... Start with the direct adaptations. We'd move to your O's and your Romeo plus Juliet. It'd be great. We'd end with pride and prejudice, which is 2005 is really kind of the end of an era. Um, so that being said, I mean, you read the book, so what do you know about well, sensibility? Oh God, I read the book, but that was, I don't want to age myself, but that was so ago, long yeah. ago. And mm -hmm. it was in one of my upper level literature courses where we were like literally reading a novel a week and I, you know, I was always juggling two lit courses. So it was just like, like I, I've read, I, I've I've read Sense and Sensibility, but it was very much like I need to have my eyes open as each one of these pages turns past them long enough for me to have any sort of take on this. Yeah. And I remember that was with a professor who I really liked as a person, but I never got good grades in his class. He was always the toughest professor on me. It was one of those, he was one of those people that like all of the things my other professors like praised about my work. He was like, I don't really like this choice. I don't really like that. This is how you do things. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, you really need to like, you really need to like shift how you're doing this. And where all of my other professors were like, whoa, like, you know, like for, you know, for a 19 year old, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, whoa, like yeah. you really kind of got like your own thing going on over here. Don't you you little weirdo. And he was like, you kind of, Stop doing your own thing, you little weirdo. <laughs> Conform, <laughs> please. Dear yeah. God. So, um, but I remember I wrote an essay on this for an exam. It was like a blue book essay. Mm -hmm. And it was the best grade he ever gave me. Nice. And I couldn't fucking tell you what I wrote about. Um, but I just know, okay, so it's Sense and Sensibility. It's very, it's Jane Austen, right? This is not Bronte. This is an Austen, yeah. This is an Austen. Um, and it is very much, it is, I'm trying to think, yes, it's the one, there's two sisters, yes? Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, uh, three. Okay. One's less important, though. Right, right, but that's kind of, yeah. The, yeah. It's like- it's Two major sisters. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, you have your Angelica's, your Eliza's, and your Aunt Peggy's. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's like, there's three of them, but like, come on, there's two. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it's them getting married off. And it's the whole, I mean, the whole thing with sense and sensibility is it's like yeah. sense being like common sense, like your brain, your smarts, your understanding of how society works. And then sensibility being like your passions, the things you feel, like the things you, sure. like the, like, you know, um, and it's just about that. And it's uh, uh, a more like 18th century romance, like British romanticism. Uh, com- comparison of things there has never been yeah yeah and yeah. you know i'm pretty sure like it's like the one sister like ruins like, who's like kind of like our main one kind of like ruins her chances with everything do you but know the, the like, inciting incident of the movie i can't say that i recall All right. but she like super gets married in the end it's like one of those things where it's like i feel like they go ah. away for a couple years and like they all get buried in the end. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. um, you know, I mean, that's so broad. That's literally all of these things. Like, mm-hmm. there's a girl and she's like kind of rich, but I feel like she's not as rich as I feel like it's one of those things where it's like. It's one of those things where it's like, ah, you know, it's like you come from a good family, but like we don't have as much like you kind of got to get married because the money. You were dancing around the premise of this movie so hard. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I fucking read Sense and Sensibility, but... Yeah, 10 years, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah um, sure. Makes sense. But yeah, that's that's all I know. I know it's directed by Ang Lee. Let's see. This is... This is Daniel Day-Lewis. No. It's no, the age, it's the age of, of innocence. innocence. God yep. damn it. Yep. I know yep. that I always get those two confused. A movie that we'll never talk about on this podcast. A movie that we will never talk about on the Patreon feed of this Certainly podcast ever. Patreon. Certainly never. Um, okay, then I know fucking nothing else about Sense and Sensibility. Do you know there's like five actors? Like five big actors or like the cast is five? There are five big actors and then a lot of very well-respected British theater people. Okay. Um. There's maybe, I mean, you could, depending on where you put the level of big, you could maybe say six or seven. And what years is 97? 95, five, five. I think it's before the uh, five, five. Yes, 95. 95. Are they all English? Um, yeah. Do you have any yanks yeah. in there? Okay. No, yeah, it's all. Yeah, no, they're all. There's some BAFTA winners in here. Is there an Emma Thompson? There is an Emma Thompson. Great. I love that. Emma Tom- hey, here's something. Emma Thompson wrote the adaptation. She's That's the writer. That's banging. Pretty um, badass, right? There's an Emma Thompson. Is there a... Um, is there a Natasha Richardson? No. That's a good okay. guess, but no. Is there a? Is there a well? Um, I don't. Uh, is there a bail? No, it's not a young no. bail. Youngish. No, no, no. I mean, he'd already done Little Women by this point. It's true, true, true. Great movie. Great movie. He's a more of a more of a Lori than he is a than he is a Dashwood. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's just like give me. Hold on. Um. As you're thinking, can I say that? Is there I tell a Colin Firth? There's probably not a Colin. No, Firth. that's a really good guess. Well, that's just that's just fucking that's just pride and prejudice. Yes, exactly. Think for your your. I gave you a hint, but you missed it. For your your two big boys, think like dreamy heartthrob, not anymore. And then like the other one's just dearly departed, but like a guy, a titan, like British character actor. One of the most famous noses in history. Is there a Tom Wilkinson? There is a Tom Wilkinson. Is that who you're talking about? Yes. It's not who I was talking about, but he Uh-oh. does have a very particular nose. Correct? He does have a very good, a very good, uh, a very good schnoz. Mm-hmm. Um, a dearly departed, dearly departed Brit. Um, I mean... Not not a not a not a young not a young ledger. 
No, no. Ledger's Australian. Oh yeah, that's you're right. Um, is there an uh, is there a possible sweet in here? Not a pot. Not no. Not a possible No. Okay, I don't know. Just lay them on me. Who who are we looking at? Uh, you're missing Alan Rickman. Oh my goodness! Of course, Mr. Will. I, I I just that so stunning. You were thinking about it. You missed the well. Uh, you missed Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. <gasps> Okay, I almost asked. I almost said Hugh Grant, but I'm like, I'm like, there's no fucking way. That's just me. Like, that would be the most generic fucking thing I could say right now. Is we're talking '90s no. English actors, and I asked if there was Hugh Grant. I was like, come on. I'll give you this, Caroline. There's Hughes, both Grant and Laurie. No way. Both two Hughes. I almost asked about Hugh Laurie too, and again, very simple. I was like, there's no Laurie's way. Laurie's less important, but he's definitely there. And then uh, last big one. Kate Winslet. Ugh. One of her gem. first big roles. Kate Winslet. A, a gem. gem. Uh, Greg Wise, Gem and Jones, a lot of great. Imelda Staunton, a lot of great. Perfect. British character actors. Um, great. Well, if that's all you know, are you ready for a game? Of course I am. Let's go. All right. We are playing the Untitled Letterboxd game. For those of you that have not played this game with us before, Letterboxd, you might be aware, is a film themed social media app or website, however you choose to access it, in which uh, users users review movies that they have seen, they log movies that they have watched, they rate them on a five-star scale, and they leave written reviews for them. Uh, I have pulled three one or one-half star, meaning very negative reviews for three different movies. I'm going to, one of those movies is Sense and Sensibility. I'm going to read all three reviews. Caroline's going to try and guess which one is Sense and Sensibility. Bonus points if she can guess what the other two are. Caroline, are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. Uh, the, uh, this is one half star. Watch December 12th, 2022. This is one of those films where I just don't really understand the point of why it got made and what message it was trying to put across. I went into this expecting something a lot different than what it turned out to be, so maybe I was just disappointed. I feel like a lot of films struggle with how to deal with unlikable characters. I'm totally fine with them, I just think they have to be interesting in order to carry the film. Everyone in this was just boring and horny all the time, and it didn't really have any character traits or development that set them apart. Okay. Boring and horny. Okay. Boring and horny. Review number two. Sounds like the name of my memoir, am I right? Ah, but uh, one half star. Watched very recently, December 3rd, 2023. Ooh. Rich people crying about not finding the perfect husband while nothing happens at all. Okay. Review number three. And I'm going to say, I feel like this one's really going to be your keystone to figuring out this whole thing. But I couldn't not include this review. One half star watched July 19th, 2022. I've never seen this movie because I'm hot, sexy, and fly. But one time I went to this Halloween party and I was like wearing a fur coat and a pink cowboy hat. And I was literally just a cowgirl wearing a fur coat. And this fucking dude named TJ was like, oh, are you dressed as movie? And I literally wasn't. I was just wearing a pink cowboy hat. Like, what the fuck, TJ? All your friends talk shit about you anyway. They all say you're lame and annoying and sexist. That's the whole review. That's the whole review. This is in a sub... I didn't even know you could do this on Letterboxd, but this is in... This review is in a list in, within a list within a list on this person's account. Okay. And the last two lists are just leave me alone, TJ, and fuck you, TJ. Okay, well, I feel like this one can't be Sense and Sensibility because... Cowboy hats. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Fur coat and cowboy hat? Oh, shit. So first one was boring and horny people. Second one was rich people can't get husbands. 
Third one is fuck you, TJ, with my... And when was that one? When was that one? <laughs> when was that one published? <laughs> fuck you, TJ? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, it was this year. It was July 19th, 2023. July 19th of 2023. Okay. First one was boring and horny. Second one was, yeah, yeah. Ice storm, sense and sensibility, uh, broke off mountain. Bling 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 bling. Good job. Bada bing. And it, here's the thing: the third one, I'm like, this is gonna be the lodestone. She's gonna access all of it with this third review, but I couldn't not read it on. So mic. how can you? I give, simply needed to. How can you read? How can you watch the ice storm and complain that it's about people who are boring and horny? The entire That's- point of the movie is look at these boring, horny people. Aren't they weird? Yeah, exactly. Is it wild like- that you can be as normal and boring as humanly imaginable? And also you're still fucking horny and like have needs yeah. and are a person. You're the weirdest person that's ever existed. Um, and go to a key party. Uh, here's the thing. I wanted to do like the three Ang Lee movies that we've discussed. It is really hard, as you might imagine, to find a very low review of Brokeback Mountain that is like not just a hate crime. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that actually. Yeah. It was very, very unsurprising to me. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, great job. Good start to the season for you in terms Thank of Thank you. Are you ready to go watch Sense and Sensibility? I am so ready. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Let's go. everyone this is caroline with how have you not seen um normally this is where we would put an ad break and um we are going to direct you all um starting in uh with our 2024 season for the remainder of the season and hopefully not much longer after that but who knows um, we are going to ask that in lieu of following one of our sponsor links, which we love and we're so thrilled to have them, um, we are going to ask you all to head over to pcrf.net. That is the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. Um, and if you are a fan of the show, if you're listening to the show and you're hearing this and you do have some money to spare, uh, we are going to ask that um, in this time you send some money over there. That would really mean a lot to us. As such, we are also going to be donating all of our uh, January Patreon funds um, to the PCRF as well. We just really think that uh, at this time, that's something that's really important to do. So again, that is uh, PCRF.net. That is the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. Anything you can give, it all goes towards helping children on the ground in Gaza and in the West Bank and in Palestine. So uh, thank you all so much uh, for listening. And we're going to get back to the show. We're back. From yes, we are. Jolly old England. Yeah, yeah, y- yes. Not so jolly. jolly, though. There's some moments of, of jaw, but... This movie's pretty pretty dour, and then very ecstatic. I wouldn't say dour. I would say this movie is... Melancholy at times. Yes, melancholy yeah. at times. Rather serious. Sure, sure, yes. But also very funny. Yes, very funny. That's and the very thing, there's a lot of very good jokes in this movie. Yeah, it it starts with a man dying. And yeah, and then it yeah, there's a lot of jokes. There's just a lot of people given big performances. Yes. Yes. I think that's something that Ang Lee's really tuned into in this, I think. I mean, it's very similar in uh, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, where it's like, well, every side character's got to have like a bit. You know? Yeah. And they like, we maybe don't need to, because here's the thing. I'll say, here's my experience. I've seen this movie, like, four times. Um, I don't think I could recount to you the plot of Sense and Sensibility. It goes over my head. I don't remember the characters' names. I just ride the wave of vibes and fun and love. That is that is my experience every time I watch this movie. Yeah. That being said, the vibes are great. and Every character is fun. 
Yeah. And because I don't know, as far as the plot goes, it is. It's very plot dense in that there are a lot of. A lot of changes and a lot of like, and then this happens and then this happens and this happens. Just like not a lot happens. No, there's like it's three just things. Kind of that like, it's just kind of like a bunch of people are single and they all know each other. Yep. And like a couple of years goes by and then they all kind of figure it out by the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it, it is not low stakes. It was something I was thinking of. It's one of the, I think, the really, the really vital things about this movie. And I think one of the reasons why this is one of the more uh, well liked Jane Austen novels is that it is a really strong beginning. It's a very strong opening, and it's a really interesting situation to put your characters in. Because, like, obviously, all the Jane Austen books largely are about, you know, uh, young women who are looking to marry, you know, love love and, and uh, parlor intrigue and, and uh, dating and coupling and uncoupling and, and all of that stuff. But I think what sets Sense and Sensibility apart is, like, the tension of they are poor. The tension of there is no money anymore. Dad is dead and all his money is gone. Yes. And like the implied tension of if you are a woman, really at any time in history before about 50 years ago, you need a man or you're going to be destitute. Like it's what you, there is a a huge, uh, a much stronger pull to the dating. Yes. But, and, and also one of the funnier things in the movie is like, it starts with this like very, you know, this very, this very, uh, serious somber scene of tom wilkinson in a great one scene death role um of him being like i'm dying you need to promise me you're gonna take care of my family like you know blah 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 blah. it's yes yes father and then it's it's like okay well like we've inherited the home so we're going to head there like whatever next week or next month or however long it, it is and it's just like, I'm going to give them $3,000 or 3,000 pounds. And then just every 10 seconds, it cuts forward in time when he's like, well, you know, like, okay, like, uh, I, I surely, surely I think um, $10 a week for however long should be enough. He's like, well, what about, well, surely that'd be more than $1,500. And it just, it just goes down mm-hmm. to like, I'm giving them nothing. Like, yeah. Bop, 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 which is very, very, uh, very, very funny. A very good comedic sequence of them, like, selfishly talking themselves into, like, into completely screwing these people over. Yeah, into these, it's it literally the first scene is, like, make sure that the girls are okay. And the second scene is the girls are not okay. Like, yes. And, and they're so clearly, I mean, it's, they, they don't dig into it. Like the movie is so light on its feet that when it when it gets truly operatic and tragic, it is never about their like nearing the fact that they're like nearing poverty like faster and faster at every minute. It is about like ah uh, the love being lost and like the missed opportunity of what could have been. Um, right. Well, and that's the thing is the money right. is always yeah. the money is always the barrier. It's never the goal, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, it's the background. It's like well, you know, she. You know, it's the, it's the it's the interesting thing of you have these two daughters. The two main characters are literally sense and sensibility. It's it's uh, Emma Thompson. Her problem is that she's like just too freaking like street smart. She's too much about the world. She's too concerned with, um, you know, the fact that they're losing money and she just doesn't really have enough time to invest in like how dreamy Hugh Grant looks like. And meanwhile, Kate Winslet has the opposite problem. Like, really, you know, if she dated Colonel Brandon kind of solve all of the family's problems. And it does in the end. But like, she's just so obsessed with this one dreamy boy. Well, and she has, well, and that's the thing is, is, is like all good stories. They have to learn. They have to go through arcs. Mm-hmm. They have to change. Cause sh- certainly, certainly had, uh, had she just been told at the beginning of this movie, you must marry Colonel Brandon. Mm-hmm. And certainly there would have been a, there, there would have always been the question of, ah, but what if, and she would have resented him for, Lord knows how many years, if not her entire life, because she, she was forced into this loveless marriage with this this man who who knows not but formality, right? Yeah, yeah. But exactly. then, like, as the movie goes along, and he is like always showing up and always being very selfless and always being very kind to her and her family, and um, you know, it's uh, and when he 
when he saves her from the rainstorm, it's not, ah, this daring young man is also out in the rainstorm and noticed that I fell and like came and swooped me off my feet. It's, yo, this dude heard I was in trouble and he came a running. And that's yeah. like, that, that's a different, the, the, you know, yeah, yeah. And she learns, she changes, she, she learns to appreciate these things about yeah and, and in a way that is very convincing and very sweet to good old is, alan rickman it's very sweet to, it, this is truly the only piece of, is this the only piece of art in history where you're really rooting for a 40 year old man to marry a 19 year old <laughs> i was thinking the same thing like from from the jump you're like yeah that 40 year old man should like he's just so clearly in love with that 19 year old girl yeah so see that's interesting because i was so not about it in the beginning much yeah, like yeah, much yeah. like marianne mm-hmm. and he like i was like clutching my pearls like in a good way i was like oh my god every time um yeah. every time god what's his face the the hot one with the sideburns um oh the those just pointy pointy uh middle uh, oh, oh, god i can't remember any of these people's names too is it middleton um no. Oh, no, Middleton is the Middleton is the other Willoughby. Every time, Willoughby. Every time Mr. Willoughby like did something like up through like the sonnet scene, I was just like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is yeah. so cute. I was like, I was like, I'm so here for this. Like, I am in love with Mr. Willoughby. And Ooh. then when Alan Rickman comes in afterwards and sees that she's like so like, you know, so flustered. Uh, and he's just like so sad. I'm like, get lost, forty year old man. Like, get out of mm-hmm. here. Like, this is like, I was like, like you, you have no passion. You, you don't. And then like, two scenes later, Mr. Willoughby starts being very annoying. Yeah. And like, you slowly over the course of the film, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like Ang Lee, as well as Emma Thompson, who did adapt the screenplay, as I believe we mentioned in the mm-hmm. first half. Um, they really do a good job of guiding you through that change in a way that I think yes. is like perhaps or people perhaps take for granted mm-hmm. because this is not a film. This is not a film which shows her meeting Willoughby and says like, and guess what? Because she's like this, because she's like this airheaded girl with like, not, oh, not airheaded, but like head in the clouds girl mm-hmm. who like isn't, you know, uh, whatever. Like she's going to fall in love with this guy, even though we can all tell this guy is going to be bad for it. Like it's, it's truly a very like capital R romantic meeting. You know, it's mm-hmm. very dashing. He saves her from the storm. He carries her home. Like he brings it's her home on the horse. Yes. And it's, and it's, he shows up the next day with flowers to see her and he's reciting sonnets and it's like all of these he does make a great first impression Mm -hmm. and then as the film goes on it's kind of a thing of like yeah he's kind of a lot like he made a really good Mm -hmm. first impression but like he's kind of a little everything all the time right like he's always like this yeah and it starts to get annoying and then that you know, I, I think it's also really good that Alan Rickman is even the one that says, you know, um, he has a scene where he's like, look, like he made some mistakes in the past because he kind of has his libertine nature and that mm-hmm. is his nature. He made these mistakes. He did have honorable intentions. Like he's not a villain. Yeah. Like he would have married you. He would have proposed. He wanted to. He just can't. And yeah. like, and like when Rickman's the one that sticks up for him, you know, like the film does this very good job of not making it like a cautionary tale. It's like you feel like you watch these characters grow, which is really great. And like Rickman sticks up for him despite the fact that he knows that Willoughby like impregnated his surrogate daughter. Right. You know, like, but but still he's, which, which even that you get the sense that it's like, okay, it's not that this guy is is evil or conniving it's just like he says he has a libertine nature like yeah, he's just kind of a, he's just kind of a little too uh a little too unmedicated you know he's yeah a yeah too, a little too manic for his own good you know he's just a little, a little too, too uh a little too dumb and a little too manic and a little too cute and like those three things together really think them right exactly and it's just like yeah and so 
Oh, I love it. I love it. I do. Like, it is such a good ending uh, for for them, even though, yes, he is. He is 40-year-old Alan Rickman and she is 19-year-old Kate Winslet. But, hey. Hey. It's also the time. Like, that would have been, you know? And it's interesting because there is, you know, certainly this is a work of adaptation and like, as with many works from this era, the men have been softened a little bit, you know, they're, they're a bit more palatable, but like Thompson does not, it it could, she could very easily have made the choice to make that character young. She could have cast not out, she could have cast somebody that were in their, you know, older, but in their twenties. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that. One, I think they end up walking that line really well. Two, I think that kind of breaks what is so interesting about that relationship. At least in the way that it's presented in the movie, the thing is not that he is like coming to her with a former proposal. It's not that he's like, oh, it's this rich guy that you could kind of, you know, make some money off of. It's like, ah, he's a guy that's around. All of these people are just like acquainted. And like from the get-go, he's just like, oh, she's very pretty. And then like, you know, uh, friggin' the the entire, like, female supporting cast, you know, like, friggin', uh, you know, Gemma Jones and Harriet Walter and all of them, they're all, like, trying, like, ooh, you should get together with Marianne, like, marry off Marianne. And, uh, and he's just always like, no. He's like, no, I'm old and, like, old and gross. <laughs> like, she's 19. Like, doesn't matter if I think she's cute. She's fucking 19 years old. She's not gonna go for me. And, like, not in a way that is very... Like uh, that is a little melodramatic in that it fits with the genre that this movie belongs to, but not so melodramatic that he starts feeling like a weird incel guy. Yeah. 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 Like you really get the sense that like, yeah, every time he sees Marianne, he gets a little wistful because he's like, oh man, if only like a pretty girl liked me, but like every other second of his day, he is not consumed with his love for Marianne. Like he has to go like be in the military and like manage his household and do all this other shit. Right. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, let's talk Hugh Grant, uh, yeah. and Emma Thompson. Hugh Grant has yes. 1990s equivalent of iPhone face, which I think kind <laughs> yeah. of works. Oh, like, I think kind of works. Like they definitely give him like the most modern, like most, the most modern coded haircut. And yeah. it's Hugh Grant. And they put, you know, they put him in the in the little cravat, like all the way up to his neck. So he looks so stuffy, and he just looks so like, just looks like so not, uh, like he just looks so out of place. He looks like, in like a good way, nobody, like in a purposeful way, yeah. you know. Well, it like looks like nobody told him he was going to be acting in a movie today, right? Yeah, and so it's like it's like you from from square one, he kind of stands out. Um, in a good way. Like I am not. This is not a knock against the movie. This is not me being like, oh, he like kind of stands out. Uh, it's like it's, he stands out, which is good, uh, because yeah, he's just like a cutie pie, and I I don't know. I like it. I like I like him. I like I like Emma Thompson. It's like the the barrier between the two of them is so seemingly minor. That it's it's literally just like miscommunication. It's just that they will not tell each other their feelings. Like that is the entire thing. But like, it never feels one. The movie is not particularly focused on the two of them for the majority of its runtime. Like I would say, Emma Thompson is the lead of this movie, but like the dominant relationship is the three way between uh, Winslet Rickman and uh, and uh, Willoughby. Yeah, no, one hundred and ten percent. Lately, and then yes. like every you know twenty five minutes. Literally, Hugh Grant just, like, shuffles into the friggin' into the room. And then Emma Thompson, like, looks at him very dramatically, and you're like, oh, they gonna, they're not gonna get together in this scene. There's no way. There's, like, too much movie left. Right. Well, I, yeah. I mean, well, and that's kind of the thing. It's, like, obviously, like, a person with wild passions who needs to maybe learn to be a bit more sensible, that's a more compelling arc to, to show on screen. And it's mm. one that kind of has a more palpable dynamic change to kind of yeah. focus on um but then it, but that's the thing is because then it gives you that great scene at the end because you know she's so she's so buttoned up it's like literally like at the one point um you know at the one point she's told by lucy like oh yes and like and i'm in love with uh 
you know, like I'm, I'm don't, don't, don't tell anybody, but I'm, I'm secretly engaged to Mr. Ferrer's. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, and she just like stone cold mean mugs it. Just like, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that when you get to the end and he's just like, I just, it's like, Oh, did you, did you all think I was married? And she just breaks down. Ugh, my heart. Great. It's, my it's heart. So great. Well, the and also when he then proposes, I think Emma Thompson is so, so fantastic in this movie. She is far and away, I think, the best performance. Um, the scene in which Hugh Grant, like, finally admit, he's like, hey, I didn't marry her. Like, come on, I'm in love with you. Like, we both know that I'm in love with you. And he, like, finally admits it and gives the whole speech. Like, his, pre- his pre-prepared speech that he knew he was definitely going to give today. He's so excited. He's such a cute little guy. And he's so excited to give his speech. Her crying, like, she's crying in this very specific way and, like, not looking at him, not because... Like, it goes from she's like, you married that woman, she's crying, and then it turns to him. And then, like, the crying becomes not I am sad. The crying becomes that she is so fucking overwhelmed. She's, because she's finally, like, letting herself think that she's in love with him. Like, she's finally letting herself admit it. And he's admitting it, too. Yeah, and then yeah. From, like, like, crying sad to crying overwhelmed to she turns to finally look at him and then smiles. And it all goes away. Well, and that's the thing. It's incredible. Yeah, because it is just, it is that moment of like, it's just, she finally lets herself feel it, right? It's like like all of this, everything she's been suppressing the entire movie, finally she can, she can, like, she allows herself to feel it because when she finds out that, like, that he isn't married, it's just, it just, it all comes rushing in because, like, it's the admission, right? And so, yeah, yeah, it is, and it's such a, it's such a great, it's such a great scene from Emma Thompson, which is hysterical because it's like you don't even see her face yep. for most of it, but just that thing of like, you know, uh, it's just, it isn't, yeah, it's not a cry of like agony. It's not a cry. She's not sobbing in anger or sadness. It's just like. She's playing this person who has been not allowing herself to feel a goddamn thing for the last almost two hours of this movie. And then she just feels everything her character felt all at once. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's not directed at anybody. It's just pure emotional release, which is kind of incredible to play. Yeah. It's so great. It's, it's a lot. It, it's, it's one of those. And it's also a scene that could feel over it, it, it could feel a little oscar Beatty. it could feel a little you know she's trying to hit the back of the the back of the theater like too hard but it's it's never that it's also no. she also finds the naturalism in it quite well because well. she's a goddamn I mean, pro yeah because evan thompson's just a just one of the best you know one of one of her country's finest actors um which i mean i also think speaks to like uh, this this cast is so incredible it's the thing that a lot of um you know, high profile historical epics have in Britain where it's like, does Britain have proportionally fewer actors than America does? Yes. But like on average, the median quality of them is considerably higher. Like that thing where like every single person, you know, it's fucking said like Tom Wilkinson's their dad. And he's like, I'm looking at the cast list right now. And he's like third from the bottom of the 20 people in this cast. Yeah, um, that's the thing is there's 47 actors in all of England and legally they all yeah. have to be in every movie. Yes, like, yes. It's just, it's just how it goes. Yes. There's like one troop of English actors and, uh, and it's just like that. And that's who is in movies over there. You swap out. And who gets be very yeah. clear that that rules. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. Um, every time one of them rolls into frame, you're just like, yes, I'm in the best hands. Yes. And it's, and it's funny because, you, you know, you can have the wonderful, like, I don't know, I can't say specifically, but maybe one of the reasons that, like, I think a a good, but I think lesser Emma Thompson performance uh, in a movie that I think is a lot worse than this um, uh, uh, in Love Actually is, is her yelling at Alan Rickman. Like, you know, and it's it's all these people just playing the same relationships in different configurations. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Hugh Grant's Hugh Grant's in that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Is there anybody else from 
we hear in that one? Those might be the only ones from from this movie that make it into love, actually. But yeah. Melissa Staunton, one of the background people. No. I oh, can we talk so. about can, can we talk about Hugh Laurie in this movie? Oh my god, yes. I think my favorite of all the side characters, I think my favorite character. Yes. The the bit of his character, and I want to be very clear, like it's I am maybe going to hell for how funny I think his character is. Because the whole bit of Hugh Laurie's character is his one character trait is that he cannot stand his wife. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's like, he's like, I hate, I hate my wife with a burning passion. Everything she says, like, gets in my last nerve. Other than that, a really stand-up guy. Like, a really good dude that everyone seems to like. Yeah. No, what is his... He has, like, a one-word a one line in this that killed me. Yeah. But I can't remember what it is. There's like, like some moment. Was... I think he just says like "sorry" at one point, and it's like really yeah. good or something. Do you remember well, what this moment is? I, I do. I can't. Well, because he'll just say these things to Imelda Staunton that are. It's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if you saw this happen in real life, you would be scared. You'd be like, you know, call a social worker. Like, there's something going on here. But in the context of this movie, it is outrageously hilarious. <laughs> like every time Amelda Staunton says something in this movie, he's just like, God, I wish you would shut up. Like, yeah. But again, that's only funny because I think the opposite side of that is that every scene that he is, you know, the few, he's not in this movie a lot, but like, I think it's really pointed that like his relationship with Emma Thompson is very good. And like, never creepy or combative. Like you get the last seat of him being mean to his wife. And then immediately it's the, um, uh, Kate Winslet's sick and Emma Thompson like wakes him in the middle of the night. And he, like the way he says like Miss Dashwood, like what's going, you know, he's so clearly engaged with like, is there something going on that I need to like, why are you look so afraid? Like he's clearly a guy who cares about everyone else. Okay. The two lines of his that fucking kill me. Is there's mm-hmm. the scene when they're talking about um, how like oh you should like co- you should come to like our manor because Mr. Willoughby is only uh, he's he's only half a mile away and Hugh Laurie mm. goes five and a half and he goes no I cannot believe that it's that far uh, for you see you can see the place at the top of our hill is it really five and a half no I cannot believe it and then he just goes try <laughs> so funny <laughs> which is so funny. So fucking funny. That is the line I was thinking of. And then there's also the woman too, when she says, uh, it's like when Kate Winslet like runs out into the rain and uh, his wife, Mrs. Palmer is just like, uh, she'll be wet through when she returns. And he just says, thank you yeah. for pointing that out, my dear. Pointing that out. So um, funny. So good. I, I just, just think try. though. It's so funny. Try is so funny. I, I also do think all the other couples in this movie they do a good job, I think, of establishing, you know, I don't know how much of this is Emma Thompson in her work of adaptation, like being very conscious of which which relationship she chooses to invest time in. And right. what is just, well, this is in the book and this is kind of in the in the Jane, Jane Austen oeuvre of like all the other couples kind of point at the social the social situation and like what is possible for a woman of the Dashwood station um, in a way such that you understand the bounds of their limitations, but you don't like need the movie to stop and tell you, like explain everything to you about Regency era England, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Cause like you have those two and they are just this, you know, and, and the other interesting, uh, cause he's talking to Imelda Staunton's dad. I can't remember which actor he is that plays her father, but, and uh, he just says something like, God, I hate my wife. And they're, and the dad's just like, well, you didn't say that when you were, you know, buy, you bought her from me and got a pretty good deal on her too. And you're just reminded like, oh yeah, this is a time in history where like, like we're trading people like cattle and most of them are very much not in love with each other. Yeah, like, no, aggr- They actually aggressively dislike each other. Yeah, or like, 100%. Um, like James Fleet, who I'm finding out uh, I share a birthday with. That's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, but like James Feet and Harriet Walter, like the the two Dashwood cousins, you know, they're kind of the idealized situation. Like they are both just so happy and fun, but also like they have a little less money. They live out in the country. They're not, you know, they have they have decoupled from the the high society to a certain degree. Yeah. Despite the fact, I mean, she's still kind of playing amateur matchmaker a little bit with it, but 
But yeah, there's just so much texture in this movie that really, despite the fact that like three things happen in the plot, I think just make it so engaging. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this movie overall? I don't think I actually asked you that. What are your your big thoughts on this one? Oh, I mean, it's great. It's like, it's such a treat. It's such a little gem. It's like, it's the kind of movie that is very light on its feet, but also very, uh, but still very substantive, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it doesn't feel as if, um, like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't feel pithy. It doesn't feel, um, like there is no, it doesn't feel like fluff, but -hmm. it also never wanders into like hyper melodramatic. It never kind of overstates its welcome. It never really, whatever. It's just a very, like, I don't know. It's a very, um, it's just a very nice depiction of like people growing Mm -hmm. in like this small little community. And it's really cute. Yeah. And I like it. And it makes me feel like maybe, 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 maybe love is real. Maybe. <laughs> I think if we could all just find us a Colonel Brandon. Yeah. I, all I have to do is run around um, hills and thunderstorms a little bit more. And then eventually. And surely. Yeah. I literally, I actually literally took a picture uh, while I was watching it this afternoon um, of, Kate Winslet like crying on the hill at the end staring at the thing and I just said it's literally me um I also love that this was a time that when being out in the rain could kill someone I know it's so funny that was my other thing too is I was like yes literally me pine so hard that I get a fever and die from it like yeah yeah yes uh what do you think Kate of Winslet in this movie I mean I think she's great she's perfect in every movie She's, it's, you know, that's true. That's she's true. never not been good. She's, she is, yeah. she's an angel. Yeah. I think, um, Thompson and Rickman, I think are certainly the two standout performances to me, but, and this is very early in wins. I mean, she literally, I think was like 18 years old when she filmed this. So this is, this is so early. Yeah. When it comes out, she's 20 when it yeah, comes out. So. so probably like 18, 19 during, during shooting, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, it's certainly one of those things where it's like between like Winslet is the flashier performance, right? Because that's like her whole character, right? She's the sure, she's the sure. you know, she's the she's the sense, right? She's the mm. she's the one who who feels and she's, has the passion. She's the sensibility. Well, she's but sensibility. well, yeah, I guess. Well, that's kind of the thing, right? Is they I uh, it's kind of like either of them could be either because they also say like no, you must be sensible. But sure, sure. yeah. So it's like when you put them both together, they're, they're diametrically opposed, but they're actually, can't actually determine which one is, which one is which. Sure, sure, sure. Separate them. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's my English major brain. You can, uh, people on the internet can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't fucking know, but yes, but she's what she, she senses things, mm-hmm. right? She, and, sure. um, but she's not very sensible. Um, so she's very fun, but like, but yeah, I mean that, that, Thompson scene at the end is just like go it's like the best scene in the fucking movie it's like the best like two minutes of acting in the fucking in the whole movie and she's really gonna hold down she's holding down the middle of the movie the entire time like, right it is the she she's also playing the only person who's aware of how dire their situation could get at any time there's you know all those scenes of her counting money and you know figuring out the budget and kind of which I, I do not think it overdone but happen often enough that you know, you understand what, what is going on in the background and like what the what the bad version of all this all this is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Not to the point of like this. Watch this movie made me think of, I think also just because I watched poor things kind of recently. This movie made me think of The Favorite a lot, which is a movie that I love, but also a film where like the whole conceit of The Favorite is what if all of the like the really dark shit at the edges of Jane Austen books. What if that was the text? Like, what if the subtext of like, this is how bad a woman's place is in that society is. What if like, that is the thing that we're focusing on. Sure. And I think that this, it, and again, love the favorite great movie. I like it. I think I like it a lot more. Than, and I like poor things like it a lot more than poor things. Um, but you know, this, I think it's interesting that this movie can 
imply a lot of that without ever having to get caught up in it. Because fundamentally it is a romance and it's a love story and it's a melodrama. Yeah. And so we're never going to like take too much time to focus on all the stuff that could be bad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also because like we want, we want happy endings for these people, right? Like, Oh yeah. You want them to kiss and get married. Exactly. And then they do. And it's so nice. And it's so nice. So, so nice. I, did I ever tell you the first time I watched this movie? No, you didn't. It was in, I was wondering, I don't think I told the story in the beginning of the, so when I was in, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but when I was in post-secondary in high school, like my senior year of high school, I went and did college classes. Oh, you actually, you did. We talked about this in the beginning. Did we talk about this in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. You, you watched this in your, in your English lit class. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, the one time in that class in which I felt very engaged with what we were talking about. Because um, <laughs> you're watching Emma Thompson sob into a, sob into a, like a, a desk. Well, yeah, because like, yeah, Hugh Grant's just like, uh, 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 it's great. So good. Yeah. Meanwhile, the opposite side of that class was right up until then. It was like, okay, read 15 chapters of Testa Ubervilles. And then I would try to, and I wouldn't finish them. And they'd be like, what happened in Testa Ubervilles? And it'd be like, well, this part of the book, she just kind of like, she picks up hay for a while. And like, that's three chapters of her just kind of moving hay around. And you're just like, what the fuck is it? What is this about? What is the point of this book? Test Ubervilles, uh, most boring book of all time. Uh, English, English majors come at me. Um, we can't, we can't do it. Um, not allowed, not allowed. Um, this, this movie feels so like it it has both the sensibility of a grand, beautiful historical drama. Yes. Uh, (laughs) you know, uh, a beautiful historical drama that is very mannered and very of its time, but also still now, you know, 30 years later feels very modern because it's about these basic things. It's about, ah, I like a boy and he kind of doesn't like me back. And ah, I like this girl, but like, she'll never go for me. And like, ah, well we could be together, but we, ah, the life circumstance just doesn't quite work out. And you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. This film was, uh, five, six, seven, nominated for seven Academy Awards. Of course it was. Winning one. Best mm. screen, best adapted screenplay. Good for oh, Emma Thompson. Which you. is great. Um, but yeah, she was also nominated for actor. Um, it was nominated for best picture. Uh, Kate Winslet was nominated as well for supporting. Mm-hmm. And it was also nominated for cinematography, costume design, and best music. Like, a, well, best original music. dramatic, best original dramatic score uh, is what they called it in the 90s. Now it's just best score, but it's best music, comma, original dramatic score. Mm-hmm. Very good. I, the costume, okay, can we talk about the costumes in this movie briefly? I assumed we would, yes. I mean, obviously, all, everything that comes with, again, a, and not, and this movie was not, listed budget of this movie is like $16 million, so not like a hyper big budget film, but like everything that you would expect of a multi-million dollar, you know, studio historical drama, you know, beautiful, uh, beautiful period costuming. I think the costuming in this movie does something that I don't think certainly some historical dramas do, but not a lot of them do, where the clothing choices for the specific characters also imply to you something about their character beyond the fact that they are rich and they live in 18th century Britain. Go on. Like, look, like, will, like the way that Willoughby dresses, like, you know, you take that coat off, but like, after you see the kind of clothes he wears a little bit, you're like, oh, he's like, uh, you know, he's kind of a frat boy. He's got a little bit of himbo energy. Like his clothes are, uh, they're a little looser. They're a little brighter. They're a little, a uh, little more easy on him. You know, meanwhile, Colonel Brandon, he's very buttoned up. He's very well-dressed, but it's very sleek. Uh, you already talked about Hugh Grant. He is, you know, he, he is costumed so beautifully. He is just, you know, his, his clothes are, they seem like just a little bit too big for him. He's got the cravat just all the way up to his neck. Makes him look like just a silly little lad. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, I mean, a similar thing. Emma Thompson wears a lot of hats. Kate's win- Kate Winslet, if she does, they're like bigger and floppier, but she wears her hair down a lot more. You know, just these things that, that uh, 
even just, you know, I'm sure the costume designers in all these movies are thinking of these things, but like me as an audience member, I go, ah, I am told something about the character based upon the way they're dressed. Yeah, exactly. Like when, when Hugh Grant walks in for like the very first time, I'm just like, oh, got it. I'm like, yep. I'm like, he's the one. I'm like, and I, I don't know, obviously like, you know, this to some degree, but you're just like, oh, she, he's the one that she's going to end up with because he mm-hmm. is the way he is costumed. Like I was talking about with like that cravat, just kind of like. Oh, like he he reads so modern. Like I'm just like instantly mm. endeared to him more than like a lot of the other characters because he just he just like feels like a guy I know. Like instantly. Even though he's kind of a little uh he's a little timid and he's a little like I'm just like I'm just instantly endeared to him a little bit more than any of the other like gentlemen that we see in the first half of the movie. He's kind of ironically, he's kind of got Timothy Chalamet in little women hair a little bit. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and then it's like, yeah, it's the same thing, too, with, like, um, with Willoughby. Like, the first time you see him, like, he's in that red, and you're just kind of, like, you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, like, I, like, yeah, he's he's horny, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, he's, he's like a, yeah. he's like a dime store, like a dime store bodice ripper kind of guy, you know? Yeah, like, he's he's, he's hot, really he's horny, horny. he's, like, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, as compared to, you know, and I saw, when I was watching, I saw a, uh, Emma, the um, the Anna, Anna Taylor Joy one was like the next suggested movie on Amazon, uh, and I watched like I was doing something else after this movie, and so I ended up watching most of the trailer, and I forgot. I was like, oh yeah, because like the costume in Emma is very good and very beautiful, obviously, but like one of the like choices of that movie is people kind of wear the same shape of clothes, and the way that we differentiate them is largely through color because they're going for this like hyper pop pastel color palette and it's cool it looks it looks really good in terms of that movie's like really crisp clean you know four color cinematography but like it does not imply to you anything about emma as a character no i mean she's no sharon clueless that's true right she is sharon clueless someone whose clothes tell you a lot about what kind of person she is exactly Mm -hmm. so this, this movie's really great. I love it. It's a, just a classic. I mean, Ang Lee's one of my favorite filmmakers. And it's one of those classic Ang Lee movies about people that just can't say their feelings. Right. Because their feelings are so big that if they say them, they're going to cry. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I love that for me. Ang Lee's really, really good. Because all of my favorite movies of his are all like, I love you so much but I cannot say it. And if I do, the movie has to either, like Emma Thompson has to sob or in Brokeback, the movie has to like cut to a mountain to like imply to you the hugeness of the emotion. Or like in Crouching Tiger, they got to have a fight about it. Like, it's great. Yeah. Cool guy. Yeah, I I, I love it. I love it. I love this movie. Uh, It was very good. Um. Uh, any any last thoughts? I don't think so. No, I just like I mean, yeah, it's just it's just a beautiful little a beautiful little movie. This is like instantly goes into the comfort movie pantheon. Of just right. yeah, of just like oh, it's kind of cold, and I don't really want to like leave the house. What do I do? Well, throw on Sense and Sensibility and get mm-hmm. some uh, get some you know get some lunch. Get, make yourself a, a nice little brunch and watch Sense and Sensibility on your couch. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't go. Don't go out. It's cold out there, or it's hot out there. It's probably cold out there. It's Uber cold eat. out there. You want to leave? Uber eats for sure. Yeah, and this you know it's warm. This movie, all that That's sunshine, true. gonna That's make you feel way better. Exactly. Way better. Exactly. Uh, all right, Corey, you want to tell the fine folks at home where they can learn more about this podcast? Absolutely. If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Pod. Special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. Thank you so, so much. Uh, Caroline, next week, are yes, you ready? I am. What is it? Are is Love you... Month continue? Uh, Love Month continues. It is still February. I think when it releases, it will be the actual week of Valentine's Day. Uh, we're going to be doing the 
I don't know, maybe the, maybe the leap. I don't mean this to be mean, but maybe the smallest film we've ever covered on this podcast. Okay. John Carpenter's The Ward. No, I take it back. John Carpenter's The Ward. Um, we're going to be talking about... Here's the other thing about this movie. Depends on what country you're in as to what name it is. It is either called, by its original title, The F Word, or if you are searching it in America, it is called What If. Huh. It is a weird little rom-com that I want to talk about. I have never heard of this movie other than other than when we are sitting on our zoom calls planning our season and you say have you ever seen what if and i said do you mean the marvel tv show and you said no i mean the movie and i say no i've never heard of that what is it and you say it's also called the f word and i say no i've still never heard of that what is it And you say we're gonna talk about it that is have you have you ever seen the f word and you said there's a movie that's just a slur (laughs) Like, at least the L word, it's not a slur. (laughs) At least you know what that's about. That kind of would be. Honestly, though, that would be the, um, if we ever Yas queened uh, the L word for gay men, it would absolutely be called the F word. And that's very funny. If you, like, kind of Eric Andreified the L word for men, if it was, like, really, like, a, a, a show that was very absurd and very irreverent, Yes. Is that what this movie is? Is this is this a movie about a bunch of about, about a bunch of gay men who uh, uh a lot of a lot of young teenage boys watch uh in their uh on their on their TVs when they think no one's home and then has a bunch of feelings about it. Is that what this is? No, no, this movie's like really straight. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's not a cutting edge television about homosexual men. No, 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 no. This is, this is a movie. Not really as the not really as at the fault of the of the film. Of yeah, the yeah, true. 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 Things are always changing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, as they always do. For the better, usually. Um, all right. Uh, next week. Uh, next week we're gonna be talking about what if. <laughs>